Today's reading is from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Good morning, church. Pastor Sharon here. You know, I'm sure you do, that it's been more than a year now that we have been walking in this season of pandemic. In fact, it was back on March 11, 2020, that we held our last in-person service. We have been doing this for quite a while. We've been reminded this week in so many places that this is a year when everybody's lost something. When this illness was declared a pandemic and everything changed. And in this year of ups and downs, I think we've been even more aware of our vulnerabilities as human beings. We're vulnerable to disease, to loneliness, to anxiety, to helplessness. Vulnerable to fear, and yes, vulnerable even to death. We've lost our usual connection points, our our reference points for who we are and what life means. And if you think back over the past year, it seems as everything has been turned upside down. Maybe you too have lost your way and felt helpless. Even for those whose health and routines weren't drastically altered, we have been shaken. And I think of this term that we have been like sheep without a shepherd. You know, that's what Jesus described as he ministered in his own neighborhood so many thousands of years ago. He looked at the crowds around him as he was ministering, and this is, that's how he described it. This is from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I think this year has shown us that if we've ever needed the assurance that there is someone who's looking out for us, someone who cares about us, who knows us, it's been this past year. And even in this space, as we look ahead to a year walking through the pandemic, we again need to hear Jesus' words, hear them for us, words of grace and hope. I am the Good Shepherd. We've been in this series, this I Am series during Lent, where we we are reviewing these seven statements from the Gospel of John, where John records Jesus speaking terms that define himself to the people around him. I am. And we remind, we're remembering that that was the term that Moses was told, this great I am who I am, the divine name of God that Jesus is now tying to himself. But you know, these I am treatises aren't 
simply things we need to agree with, but they're invitations, invitations to respond. You know, our Christian life isn't just an affirmation of beliefs. It isn't just theology that we agree and think about, but it is a life that is redefined and reshaped through this close relationship with Jesus. You know, we know that through the centuries, people have had various pictures of what Jesus, who Jesus is, what he might have looked like. And it's interesting to note that in the earliest images that people drew or sketched or carved for Jesus, it wasn't Jesus on the cross or Jesus in the manger, but Jesus as shepherd. This picture here is from a catacomb in San Callisto, just outside of Rome. The catacomb was probably built in 150 BC, and the carvings and paintings on it reflect what was important to those early believers. And you see it there. Jesus pictured as loving shepherd. It captures the heart of his earliest followers as the most fitting way to envision their Lord. And we see this again in John 10, the text that was read for us this morning. And if you do have your Bibles, either in print or digital form, open them again to John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. You see, what John records in his gospel are ways that we're not only to look at who Jesus said he is, but who he's inviting to us to be in our lives this day. And I want to look at Good Shepherd Jesus is good shepherd in four different ways. First, a sense of ownership, of knowledge, of sacrifice, and finally, of invitation. You know, this passage from John 10 is set in a context, and we can't just overlook that. You hopefully know something about the story in John chapter 9. If not, go back and read it. Because a conflict had arisen after Jesus had healed this blind man on the Sabbath day. And the Jewish leaders were questioning whether this healer, this Jesus, could actually be God or not. And even after extensive interrogation and personal witness from this man, most of those Pharisees still refused to see the healing as evidence of Jesus' divinity. And it's in this climate that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. All of these shepherding terms in John chapter 10 revolve around this conflict of who are you going to listen to? Who are the ones I'm really calling to myself? Last week we looked at Jesus as I am the gate of the sheep. And today we looked at Jesus in a superior, wonderful role of good shepherd. You know, ownership is the first part of this look, and Jesus contrasts it in these verses. The contrast between the true shepherd and the hired hand, between an owner and the manager or contracted worker. In fact, it's interesting, he doesn't compare the good shepherd with a thief, but with a hired hand, someone who's in it for the paycheck. You know, the hired hand doesn't have the same affection for the sheep and doesn't feel the same great sense of responsibility for them. He sees shepherding as not a calling, but a job. Now, I want to make sure that if you're a manager or in any role where you expect to receive a paycheck, this is not a put down to you 
at all, because that's true for all of us. But, but just think of it. Think of the work maybe of a teacher or of a child care p- provider. If you're in that role, you are invested in the well-being of those under your care. You probably work very hard to benefit their well-being, their growth. But you even know there is no comparison. There is a stark difference between the way you engage with those children and your own. Because your own are part of you. And Jesus is describing this in the same way. A contrast of investment, a contrast of love between the true shepherd and the hired hand. Because of ownership, because of relationship, there's a completely different response when the sheep are threatened and when danger comes. Listen to this again from verse 12 and 13. The hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. A hired hand abandons his post and runs away, more concerned for his own life than for the well-being of the sheep. But a good shepherd, a, a real shepherd, is fully invested in the welfare of those he leads. There is no abandonment here. This faithful shepherd, this faithful shepherd is always there for the sheep, never hesitates to risk his life, even lay down his life for the sheep. What does this mean for you and I in this picture of Jesus as good shepherd? Well, you can know for certain that Jesus, your good shepherd, will never abandon you. He is with you. He is for you. He, you belong to him. You know, I confess that there have been times in this past year, these past months, when I was tempted to think that I'd been left on my own to figure things out. The uncertainties of doing ministry in this time, the how to make sense of all this varying landscape. And I felt alone often, as if I had to figure out what was going to go, how I was going to move forward. Maybe you've been there too. In these past months, maybe in this past year of pandemic, the threats of an uncertain future, the pressures of everyday life, maybe they've increased your sense of loneliness, of abandonment. The threats of wolves coming in close, and you wondered, Am I left to my own devices? And here's where you and I hear again these words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am your good shepherd. I will never abandon my own. So this place of ownership is good news for us. And Jesus also says it's a place of knowledge because this is a good and true shepherd who's invested as an owner and who knows his sheep intimately. Verse 14, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. That word know, that Greek word know, is gnosko, and it refers to more than superficial knowledge. It involves experience, relationship. 
you know, the term gnosko has both a cognitive meaning and a, a relational meaning. Cognitively, yes, it does mean to know intellectually about something. But the relational aspect of this word divide, describes this wide range of connections, human relationships. It can mean just to know a person, to be acquainted with someone, to be close to someone. It's even used in terms of describing the intimacy of sexual relationships. Jesus says, I know my sheep. And when he uses this term, he's not just saying, I'm acquainted with them. I kind of, I see them over there. They're part of a big flock. No, he's intimately connected. As you think of that picture from last week's message about Jesus' gate for the sheep, imagine now, imagine the, the sheep coming back into the fold at night and the shepherd is examining each one of them seeing where there are any injuries, any wounds that might need special care. The good shepherd, Jesus, knows his sheep in this intimate, personal, caring way. This all-encompassing intimacy, Jesus even aligns with the way he is connected to the Father. You know, that intimacy of father and son. I know the Father, the Father knows me. This is what he invites us into, this knowing of love. So close that there's a oneness there between father and son. That's what Jesus invites us to, to be known that fully and to know him that completely. For us, it means this. Jesus, your good shepherd, knows you personally. He knows me personally. There isn't an aspect of your life that he's unaware of. There's no part of your being that he doesn't want to come in close to. He knows your wounds. He knows my wounds. Things of the past that harmed us. He knows our fears for the future and what's ahead of us. And in his goodness, he speaks into this place and says, I am your good shepherd. I know you. I come to bring life and good life. But there's also this theme throughout this passage that we can't miss, and that's the theme of sacrifice. In fact, four, five different times in, within nine verses, Jesus says this, I laid down my life. Because the picture of a true shepherd comes at a cost. Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. This is the unique and ultimate mark of a good shepherd. Now you think of it, of an adequate, even a competent shepherd might risk his life to protect the sheep. But even that is different from laying down one's life. Because a shepherd who risks his life doesn't expect to die. Yes, there might be a tussle with a wolf or another wild animal. There might be some scars from the battle, but he expects to live. But our good shepherd laid down his life. He put himself at the disposal of the flock willingly, out of his own uh, choice, offering himself so sheep like you and I might live. Verse 18 says it this way, No one takes it, no one takes my life from me, Jesus says, but I lay it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Jesus is describing the extent of his love, that picture of a life laid down in his death, of a life taken up in his resurrection. And Jesus, Jesus, the great I am, has the authority to do this. He chose this place of sacrificial love. For you and I, it means this. Jesus, our good shepherd, sacrificed his life to give us life. This is the good news of this good shepherd. And we still need someone. We still need a savior, someone who will see every wolf that runs our way, will recognize every sin that might trap us, and who is willing to get himself killed rather than abandon us to death. This is the kind of shepherd we have in Jesus Christ. And there is invitation in this for you and I. And Jesus reminds us this is not an exclusive invitation. It's not something we hold to ourselves. Verse 16 says, Jesus tells the, his listeners, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. You know, the invitation to know Good Shepherd, to know Jesus, is not restricted to an elite group. In the context of this scene, Jesus' words about other sheep was kind of an indictment against the narrowness of the religious leaders who thought they could define God in a certain way. And the Jews often viewed their relationship with God as his chosen people as if it meant that God had no concern for other people, for other groups. And so Jesus is making it clear. There isn't just one group of sheep There isn't just one people that's privileged to his loving, sacrificial care. Jesus is owner and shepherd of all who come to him. I think for us as his sheep, as his followers, it means we don't decide who's in and who's out. That's the business of the shepherd. He says the gate is open to all who will come through him. And we're then called to just stay close to him to follow, to let his life impact ours so that we give witness to our following that would point others to the way of Jesus. Jesus says, I have other sheep. But he also says, there is only one flock and one shepherd. He is the ultimate place for life. He opens the invitation for all. And for you and I, it reminds us Jesus, our good shepherd, invites all to come. Every person you meet this week, every person you see across um, social media, every person across the world is invited to come. Jesus, our good shepherd, invites all. You know, as we come to a close of this sermon, it's, it's good for us to remember that our need for a good shepherd never ends. It isn't just in hard times. It's all the time. I need a shepherd. I'm one of those vulnerable sheep who need to come back again to this good shepherd again and again and know that he owns me. I'm not abandoned in his presence. That he 
He knows me intimately and that he sacrificed his life for me. Here we are at the beginning of another year still faced with pandemic. And even though there's a sense of hope for all of us, we recognize we still live in a bewildering world. Wolves, they're all around us. Uncertainties, they threaten our sense of security. There will never be a time when we won't need to know there is someone who cares for us no matter what. And in Jesus, our good shepherd, we find guide and companion, savior and friend. Jesus, he is the one who chases us down, who lifts us up in his arms, who carries us close to his heart, who removes the burrs and tends the wounds, and then who ultimately lays down his life so we can have life. Will you give yourself to follow this shepherd? Let's pray together. Oh, Jesus, how we thank you that you have come as good shepherd, that we know in relationship with you we are secure because you own us and will never abandon us. You know us completely and love us where we are. And you lay down your life so that we can have life. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. May we be the kind of followers who point the way to this good shepherd so that others too would know life in him. We pray this in his name. Amen.